this episode of The Fool Nerd, the war on 5 gigahertz. Windows 11 is a hit. And where in the world is 3090 Ti? With Walter. Welcome to episode 204 of The Fool Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the horizontal and vertical. Uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about uh, TV dinners, uh, Hungry Man Salisbury steak. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't even think I've ever had an actual Salisbury steak. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think How I've is only that possible? Had it in, I mean, where where would I get it? Where can you get a Salisbury steak? I, I think I've only had it in TV dinners. Yeah. Like Gordon. oh oh, I see what you mean. You've never had like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into. I'm going to go into Lowry's and go, give me a Salisbury steak. Right? You know what I mean? I'll be like, hold on, sir. Get this guy. Get him out of my restaurant now. <laughs> and get him out on his head through the door. Like, ah! Right? I, I feel like, you know, if, if you really held my feet to the fire, have I ever actually had like a, you know, Salisbury steak that wasn't in a TV dinner? Not only, not so. only as the two bouncers at Lowry's in Las Vegas, as they are dragging you out of the restaurant, that wouldn't, the entire, the entire kitchen staff would line up out there and they'd just be like, shame, shame. <laughs> I just want a Salisbury steak. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I should look that up. I'll, I'll get on Yelp and just search for Salisbury steak and see, see where I can get a Salisbury steak. It's like tilapia. You can do better. You, you know what? Maybe Salisbury steak is like tilapia. You know what tilapia is? Yeah. yeah the white, white yeah. fish. Yeah. So the, 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 um, my friend at the EPA told me the, the coolest thing about tilapia is that it can live in the Salton Sea. And I don't know if you about the Salton Sea. The Salton Sea is in California, and it's basically where all of the the, um, the nitrates and all of the uh, stuff from all of our farm industry runs into the Salton Sea. Hmm. And apparently the salt content is, is higher than the ocean. Ooh. And also the Navy used to do... Uh, nuclear bomb running atom bomb test runs there and there's some theory that they even lost one in there but they couldn't find it <laughs> tilapia survives in the salton sea so huh. that is why it is so popular. it's like the cockroach of the ocean essentially yes mm -hmm. okay. that was my what my friend from like was saying. so maybe salisbury steak is like that part of the cow maybe i have, like that I like have no oh, idea. we've sold everything from the anus to the lip so we <laughs> what do we got left we got the salisbury <laughs> What the hell's a Salisbury? Where does that come from? We can't tell them where they'd never eat it. Yeah, it's, it's like a schnozberry. You don't want to know what a schnozberry is. Um, the somebody in the chat, oh Zach M, says it's meatloaf with gravy. So maybe it's just a what? meat product. It's 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 kind of that idea. Yeah, it's like glued together meat steak, but worse than meatloaf. Huh. Interesting. Is that really no? I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked. Yeah, I've had no, it. it. Is. Huh. But in the TV dinners I've had, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a meatloaf um, consistency. Yeah, it's not quite the same. It's kind of like a McRib, but uh, made or, of or a hot pork. dog. It's right? kind of jerky. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like jerky. You can't you can't get a, a cut of a Salisbury steak, you know, straight out of an animal. But you know, it's it's yeah, it's the leftovers. It's the, the, the sweepings. Yeah, the, the cutting room floor <laughs> they put together. They do that now. They do that. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, transition time. I don't know how to transition to 5 gigahertz, but yeah, Gordon, you wrote an article about the 5 gigahertz wars are back. Uh, yes, we are indeed bearing down on 5 gigahertz. Of course, w we have passed this before because vendors have had CPUs that hit 5 gigahertz and beyond. Mm -hmm. Even on mobile, we've been up at 5 gigahertz and beyond. 
Now, of course, what we're bearing down on is the next 5 gigahertz notch, which is all core at 5 gigahertz or higher. Um, That's big. Course, what? Yeah, it's big. AMD, of course, showed this off with Zen 4 at the CES keynote where they say, hey, we got Zen 4 running and it's running this game, Halo, at all cores at 5 gigahertz. <laughs> and then about an hour and a half later, Intel came back and says, hey, we have a special Alder Lake part that's going to be all cores at 5 gigahertz or higher. All performance cores. But all performance cores, all yes, cores true. Oh. Do you think that sort of disqualifies them? Because it's like... Nah, nah, nah. It kind of, but nah. Well, actually, I, I, I kind of want to go back because uh, we're, we're talking about it's back. But, but yeah, back in the day, it was like one one core. If you got one core that hit 5 gigahertz, that was... You, you were in a good spot, right? Yeah. Well, what, what days were those? I mean, I sort of, I think you think back, that goes back to the FX 59, oh, I can't remember the number. 50, what was it? 5950. 5950, which was, a, was a one, one core at five gigahertz, and it came bundled, and the reviewer's kit came bundled with a liquid cooler, which at the time was like, you, like that's crazy. You got to run liquid cooling for this? I think they did it at retail, too. I think they sold bundles at yeah, retail, Yeah, it was too. bundled, huh. and it was the one, the kit that, the was seated to reviewers was a ASRock board with the FX 5950 and you know it was a black edition FX and um Dr. Ian Cutris is saying 9590 Oh that was a 95, 95. it's somewhere like yeah. that there we F- go 5950 is a the, <laughs> They just reverse the numbers yeah, yeah. so 90 <laughs> what was it again 9590 uh, 9550 yes. or I'm sorry 9590 Yeah okay yeah so 9590 FX 9590 5 gigahertz one core and of course the internet lost its head over that because it was kind of crazy with with the power consumption and thermals back then but for amd they at the time you know they had they had just gone through uh, you know their that period of you know cleaning intel's clock intel had come back and they'd pushed this part out to try to compete with uh intel high-end parts and um i don't think yeah, the that, reaction that, that was, was the, the uh the 9590 was uh bulldozer days so that was them pushing bulldozer that hard so it actually wasn't even though it was five gigahertz it wasn't that great of a part compared to sandy bridge and all that back then you know it's kind of funny though i mean i mean it's not bulldozer wasn't alder like but sort of the design was sort of like i mean we were kind of joking earlier about uh, you know like you know meat like substance you know like because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because you could like if you're amd marketing you say hey we give you eight cores or we give you 16 cores it's all 16 cores there's no filler, mm-hmm. right? He's like, there's no of these low low power filler cores, you know. So, mm-hmm. the in some ways you could sort of like, well, bulldozer was sort of not really full. It's <laughs> like, oh, there's the cores, not really, you know. But I believe they're still doing a court case over that, actually. Oh, <laughs> like uh, a court, like a uh, class action kind of case. <laughs> yeah, you know, I disagree with that because I mean, you know, we're humans and everything we have is sort of made up. I mean, you know, lawyer the. The alternate universe lawyers lives in does not apply to sort of. I think we sort of accept that it can be. We understood what a cores was because it would. Did he give you eight, 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 eight logical cores? And sometimes it really would perform really well, but you're still sharing, I guess, the guts of a part of it. Yep. yep. But it, it sounds it, like these new chips, at least, are traditional, like built how you expect them parts. So these new chips don't have any of those weird caveats. Yeah, I guess that's what AMD can do when Zen 4 comes out, is they can mm-hmm. say, 
we're talking all cores. And of course, the thing is, they didn't say how many cores the demonstration mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Was it eight core part? Was 16 at all? 16 cores at five gigahertz and up would be like, wow, right? Especially if they're yeah. sort of full on. Of course, we don't know what Zen 4 is going to be, but I could see them marketing against that, like, you know, 16 real cores. None of this, <laughs> not, none of these filler cores that Intel's giving you. So. Yep. Mm. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so what does that actually mean? Like, does it matter? Yeah. Cause he, he's actually, and I, I think the cynical part of marketing and I know everybody's like, well, come on, what the hell's the difference between 4.9 gigahertz and five gigahertz or 4.8. And you know, as, uh, as Robert Halleck said, we we're like, people care about big numbers and it's true. Everybody knows who won the Super Bowl, nobody knows Nobody knows who lost because you don't care. And the first one to get to 5 gigahertz gets all the glory. The second one that gets there, it's not as exciting. And frankly, nobody cares about your CPU going to 5 to 5.2 gigahertz. Consumers aren't sold on, oh, 5.2 gigahertz. These big round numbers really, really work on us because we're just simply... We are, we are truly suckers. And I know everybody says that's not true, but if that were true, then everything would just be, hey, this is twenty dollars, not nineteen ninety nine, right? Here, there's like, yep. this yep. car is nine. This car is, you know, twenty thousand dollars. It's not nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety eight. But everybody does it because, <laughs> like, oh, it's it's not twenty thousand dollars. Something about some kind of in in our strange uh, human minds, we just think big numbers, and it's it's a round number, and it works on us. So it's our monkey that, brains, man. Our monkey brains, and it works. It really works on. I yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we had uh we had rob halleck and frank azer on here talking about that quite a bit on a special episode during ces and i think uh intel clearly knows the same thing because with their ks part coming up not only is it all cores over five gigahertz but they made a big point of uh saying that it goes up to 5.5 gigahertz max turbo frequency so right. i think they, they understand that that's a nice juicy round number yeah five five i mean but i think it doesn't have the same impact as coming out of five five but i mean at the same time you know there i mean honestly the chaos part will probably ship well before the the zen 4 does so they can come out and say we give you you know all performance cores at at five gigahertz first Mm -hmm. five point in in excess so that's there's a lot of value in there for consumers especially when you think about retail where somebody sees the big sticker and they see oh 5.5 gigahertz then that's that's a big number too so i guess they can sort of be there first, but of course the efficiency cores are not going to clock up there. So yep. I guess they can't say all cores. What are that? How do you market that? Most cores. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we got the most. Well, their headline feature was it goes up to five five. I have a feeling that's how they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, is that going to? Do you think that works on our monkey brains the same as uh, all core five gigahertz or? Well, it, when uh, I think five core, they can do five. I think they could still kind of say all cores, just put an asterisk and put performance cores at the bottom. Because uh, you're talking about gaming, really, when you're talking about this. Uh, but like when Rob Halleck was on it, he was saying any round number, 4.0, 4.5, mm. 5.0, scratches your monkey brain. So that's probably what they'll go with. Yeah. Should we care? Should we get excited for it? I mean, there's always something about, and I remember back to uh, the first one gigahertz CPU for PC. That was a huge deal, right? And that was mm-hmm. that was K seven, and it was it was embarrassing to Intel at that time because they had lost. This is, this is that's their it's their jam, and AMD had beaten them to that same thing where they got they got to one gigahertz first with a shipping part. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a yeah. it was a huge deal. You know, it's I mean, it's a, it's as silly as us going, oh my god, it's January first. <laughs> <laughs> Some random Having to make a resolution. Like, yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. Why is why is January eighteenth not as important as January first? It's the same thing. What's the difference? But, <laughs> but I think I think it is a big deal. I think faster is always better. Uh, period. Depending, you know, once you start getting into heat considerations and stuff. But in general, faster is better. But I think it is much more complicated than it used to be. Like for a long time, when we were stuck on four cores forever. Uh, moving clock speed was a big part of how performance got bumped ahead. But uh, again, like Rob Halleck was on the show earlier or last month at this point saying that it's not quite that simple now. Yes, those are big numbers. Yes, that's good. But if you look at that 3D part coming out, that actually drops clock speeds to improve, to put much more cash on it. And that's a way that they get much faster gaming stuff. So now it's it's, it's a lot more complicated than it used to be, I think. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and going back to the the Clone Wars of the of the Gigahertz Wars, it's you know everybody kind of moved away from counting Gigahertz, but it is interesting. We're now focused again on sort of like oh five Gigahertz all cores. Well, because it, it was, I mean, up until uh, pretty recently, it's I mean, it's still about how many cores do you have? You know, that that was like oh AMD's giving you a lot more cores for your money. We were stuck at you know four and eight uh, yep. for so yep. long. So you know, it, yeah. Do you think do you think we're going to get away from from uh, the the core side of it or how many cores for a while and now just focus on speed? I I think yeah I th- I think we're clearly it's not going to be we're sort of like I think the natural limit for consumer I mean arguably mm-hmm. that's the high end watermark is sixteen cores because very few people need more than that for what they're doing. I feel like it's now it's going to come down to power efficiency, which you know this is. You got to give Apple and their trillions of dollars a uh, uh, credit. They're they sort of are aimed for power efficiency, mm. and I think people are going to really hammer power efficiency more so than clock speed and core count. It feels like, but mm. even that's there, what, you know, that's what AMD is already doing. That's what Nvidia is already doing. Like uh, RDNA two, like it's a lot of its big gains come from its power efficiency. It was the same with Nvidia when it had maxwell and then the gtx 10 series after that uh it was all about getting really really good power efficiency and once that really good power efficiency is in place that's when you can start tuning things back up with that already in place as the bedrock so i agree with you i think eight core chips are going to be the probably the top limit for consumers for the near future now that ryzen's gone and you know made got us well past the four core stagnation that we were at for a decade i think we're now at a point where we're probably going to sit at this number again for a while because most people are not ever going to need more than eight cores hmm. in the next couple of years for what they do do you think we could ever get past five somebody in the chest like oh i want to i want eight, eight gigahertz <laughs> i don't you know it's really funny because i remember having a conversation with a, a former co-worker josh norm and he was joking 10 years ago, it's like, what the hell is up with this 5 gigahertz thing? Why can't we get past 5 gigahertz, right? Because we, right. it was like this weird, you know, sound barrier where you'd hit 5 gigahertz and you'd bounce off it because we always seemed like we're sort of rubber banding around 5 gigahertz. You know, and that's be a great discussion to have somebody way smarter than, than us. Uh, uh, maybe we have uh, Dr. Ian Cutchers on again, but, you know, 5 gigahertz does, we've just kind of like, we just have, we hit five gigahertz and we sort of again we're gonna like oh we're gonna break five gigahertz oh actually these cache versions we're gonna crank the clocks back because of the thermals right so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it 
you know, for people who don't know, originally uh, the Pentium 4, which people burn really badly now, is, you know, it being a terrible product that, you know, ultimately sold hundreds of millions of CPUs. That was made to go to 10 gigahertz. You know, the original design of that really, really long pipeline was wow. like, we're going to go to 10 gigahertz. You're like, wow, that's incredible. Because at the time, Intel just had could not, could do no wrong. And people sort of figured, you know, yeah, we're all we're on our way to 10 gigahertz, and it was designed to to really stretch its legs at like those those hyperclock speeds, and it didn't arrive. Never ran happened. into a lot of other issues, but it's funny that after that, it's like we've never kind of shot any higher than five gigahertz, right? I'm curious to see. We're getting close to the point where they're starting to consider other materials beyond silicon for chips. Mm. Like they've been testing graphene and a bunch of other stuff, and. We'll have to see what happens once those arrive, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we stick around this 5 gigahertz barrier for traditional silicon, but once materials change, who knows? Speeds could be way less. They could be way higher. It all depends on performance is really what matters at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the the thing is it's it's a big stew, as, as I've been saying. is is um, And I, I think the other thing is, like, besides the fact that we're going to be looking at efficiency, you know, clearly the the future isn't about having all, you know, all big cores and all small cores or mix. You know, there could you know we're clearly going to see CPUs from both vendors. I just simply mix different components on into the the CPU package, right? Mm-hmm. You you know you may this is what you do. This is really fast. You know, so it, it may not be sort of traditional, you know, PC CPU we've sort of used for many many years. If you yep. have, you could could have, have specialty this. creator CPUs with some extra hardware encoding and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately the, the silly, ridiculous, random, made up, you know, monkey language that we have is, you know, clock speed, core count, power efficiency, who cares? It really comes down to if the software isn't any faster for you that you're running. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's not going to take advantage of it, then what's the point, right? So. I mean that's what it it just it comes down to performance for what you do. Well, and, yeah, and I think it's it's different too because I I mean for the longest time right it was like oh you know Intel's holding back the you know Intel isn't giving us more than four cores or the eight core version is you know a thousand dollars whatever you know so it felt like Intel was uh, you know holding something back they they could go past four they they're, they're just not doing it and it took AMD to blow through but that doesn't feel the case with five gigahertz. Uh, you know, I I actually disagree with that narrative because a lot of people think like, oh, Intel they locked they hand, they handcuffed everybody to four cores all this time for consumer parts. Clearly, Intel wanted to go beyond that. They tried. They put a lot of money into it. Remember, there was there was Gulf Town. There was there there were six core CPUs, and they had put a lot of money into development to making, you know, this bigger socket thirteen sixty six, and they tried and it got no traction. They just like they had to literally pay game developers to support uh, more cores for their game when they rolled out the six core Golf Town part, right? Mm-hmm. And so they really did try, but you know, as we know, developers they go where the money is, you know. So they they just couldn't. They're just like, I'm not gonna, you know, that that was a chicken and egg problem. Is like we're we're not gonna make our our game run on twelve threads if that's two percent of the market. We're going to make it run on, you know, honestly, four threads because everybody's still running a dual core with, with hyper threading, right? That was kind of the thing. And that's, so, 
That's honestly why I kind of have to disagree with your disagreement to that narrative, <laughs> because I think uh, AMD coming along and making six core parts with 12 threads affordable and making four cores, the new bottom end parts with hyper threading and stuff like that is what made the difference and made developers start paying attention to that. Yeah, no, I mean, and I don't disagree with that because I, I do think, I mean, it was that problem where the developers like, we can't support this high core count unless everybody has it. And Intel was in the position where, like, we can't make these and sell them for, you know, the price that would make Elena happy. That's just not going to happen. We have to basically, we have to, these are expensive. You know, this is a big die. This is expensive. It's got this big motherboard. It's got triple channel memory. This is not cheap to do. It's, it's you know, it, it takes a lot of money and we have to pay for it. And it just wasn't, the market dynamics weren't there to make it worth it. And I think that was the they were just sort of stuck because it was like you can go to eight cores with Haswell E or you had, you know, four cores with Haswell. And then, you know, luckily they just, I mean, for, luckily for AMD, they got stuck there and they, they didn't, they couldn't, you know, AMD just perfectly, that's the amazing thing about AMD is they perfectly slipped in with a design. So clearly Intel had this weakness in sort of how they were, you know, like we have, and that's, that's it. This is our consumer market, high end, you know, and consumer and they slipped in with these parts where we're going to make a commodity part where we can scale cores all the way up to eight cores and do it cheaply because they it was the whole chiplet thing right because in, intel yep. still you know monolithic at the time so still now but I, I just i think that's i mean it's just sort of the history of this where i think it is wrong when people say intel intentionally held us there yeah, no, they tried. They tried, and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars trying to make it happen. It didn't go anywhere. People were not going to pay $1,000 for these CPUs. Of course, people would say, like, well, you should have charged $200 for them. Like, oh, yeah, why don't we just invite them in, and they can just start stripping the copper wiring out of the walls, too. I mean, you know, it is a business. So, I mean, I mean, that's kind of the it worked in perfectly for everybody because AMD slotted right there with Ryzen, right? That was That was such a major game changer. Yep, and now we're in a much better place. And now we're right back to the gigahertz battle again, which, you know, great. If we, now we're going to have all the cores and we're focusing on faster clock speeds and doing cool stuff with cache and stuff like that. Like, I think we're in a really good spot for CPUs right now. Uh, we do have a, a question from uh, Nutty Hyper One, a uh, friend of the show, asked uh, my question about 5 gigahertz. Uh, when, when can we get a CPU that doesn't need uh, to overclock or feature bake? to uh motherboard and run natively uh, you mean when are we going to get just yeah, sort of like consumer like 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 it's going to hit five gigahertz without overclocking or having to do something in the motherboard oh we're already kind of i mean we'll leave when these parts come out you'll be there you're not going to be doing yeah. this on a 70 dollar motherboard initially but <clears throat> i don't know if it'll no. ever get there because i mean it's, it's definitely the you have to build in that overhead for power where you're going to push yeah. all the cores on Alder Lake part to the five gigahertz, or I, it just feels like it's it's not going to be. You're not going to get Lexus features at Corolla, you know, pricing at any time immediately, and I think that's that's probably not going to happen. But you know, we were discussing this earlier. You know, once everybody started pushing, you know, turbo boosts, these opportunistic boosts, a lot of you, you know, you're again. This is sort of the silly thing if you're pushing two or three threads up to 4.7 gigahertz. Do you really care about three, you know, another 4% higher clocks? 
I know it looks good, but it feels good, but it's it's just kind of silly. I would argue we're probably there already. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Or we definitely will be with these parts, but we're effectively there. So, hmm. yeah, this is. I mean, this is. I mean, what this really is is just simply marketing, and it is marketing that will work amazingly well on consumers. That's why everybody pushes so hard on it. Have the fastest gaming CPU. Have you know all cores at five gigahertz or all cores at five point five gigahertz. It's just it works. It works really well to sell products. For regular people, it's not going to make a huge difference. And then also, it's, it's also a milestone. Like, yeah, I'm a big fan of milestones. I personally love using milestones to measure my own personal gain. And I think you know the fact that we are all of a sudden having both the big CPU makers being able to make all core five gigahertz thing. That's huge. That's a milestone. It might not effectively mean much compared to what we're getting today. But it is a milestone and worth celebrating and recognizing, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it should. And I agree with you, Brad, because it, it should be celebrated. Because, again, if if you didn't have them competing to sell more products and to make things better and push things at the high end, then the low end is not going to benefit, right? If people say, oh, we're there, we're done, let's just sit back and just collect money, and we're not there, you have both of these companies trying to to break records even though breaking records is fairly meaningless, if you think about it, it's just simply the record, you know, it's that milestone. It's like, whoa, they did it. And then it's on to the next one. Let's get, mm-hmm. let's get all, let's, oh, hey, let's get all eight cores, basically base clock is five gigahertz or, you know, or to do that under, under 25 watts. So that you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta, you have to admire breaking records, even though, yeah, for practical, if you're going to be practical consumer, no, that's, it doesn't, it's meaningless, but. It's still cool to look at to see, you know, some car on a drag strip break a, a record, you know? Yep. Yep. Hmm. Uh, uh, one last question I have from a uh, friend of the show, Ru2. Uh, it's asking, uh, what does the Zen 4 IPC look like compared to Alder Lake? What do you think? And they haven't, they haven't said, said anything. anything. I kind of, but what do you think? I think it'll be an improvement. You know, they know, they know, you know, Alder Lake is out now. They also know they have to shoot at what raptor lake is going to be so i i would imagine it'll be a, a very nice nice increase you know amd again has they've very much delivered on you know we we're gonna we're gonna under promise and oversell so i think mm-hmm. if they stick to that mantra it's going to be a good part overall i don't know how it's going to stack up against intel's parts at the time because clearly intel is is no longer messing around but you know i i would expect versus existing because sort of their metric is also existing parts i think it's it's going to be overall a nice uplift uplift i think that's a good point about raptor lake because that's something people forget like uh send four ryzen 7000 is supposed to be the second half of the year so closer to the end of the year so the 5800 x3d is the response to alder lake right now uh Yes, I expect Zen 4 to probably be Alder Lake. I mean, hopefully that's what they're shooting for. But with it launching at the end of the year, its real competitor is going to be whatever's next for Intel. So, yeah, yeah, expect big things. Yeah, and this is the best thing is you benefit. You benefit. Everybody's benefiting from the competition between these two. So, don't complain about it. Uh, I get one one last question from a Ner- Nerevar. Uh, do you remember the first generation Pentium M with below two gigahertz? It wiped the floor with the Pentium Four netburst three gigahertz plus architecture. For me, the pure clock speed is meaningless. High IPC for the win. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the IPC. I mean, it's it's the funny thing is Pentium M was really sort of like a continuation of Pentium Three in a lot of ways. In the and the crazy thing is, people forget Pentium M 
you know, was developed as a mobile chip. There were some kind of weird, pretty, I mean, weird but cool, you know, desktop motherboards with Pentium M's in them. But um, <laughs> Pentium M was developed to um, fight off Transmeta, which at that time was a huge, hot, high-efficiency, you know, CPU, um, you know, Crusoe, remember? I mean, that's ancient. Ian probably can remember that as well, but it's, you know, it, Pentium M was designed... <laughs> To, to fight off competition from Transmeta, Crusoe, but it ended up being ultimately where they had to go once sort of the, you know, once the wheels fall off the Pentium 4 wagon. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. And, and frankly, high IPC, I even think like maybe we shouldn't even think about high IPC. It should just be simply, does it do what I need to do faster? Right. And that's sort of the ultimate thing. If, more than anything. I mean, there's all these computer science, you know, real hard computer science, real engineering and all this stuff behind it. But ultimately, as a consumer, it's just like, is it going to do what I need to do faster and better? And that's, to me, the, like the best metric of all time. Nice. The only thing I have to add uh, is that Nerevar, every time I hear your name, it makes me think of more wind and I smile. So <laughs> nothing to do with CPUs, just that. Let's go. There you go. Speaking of metrics, uh, sounds like Microsoft put out their... Uh some metrics around um around windows 11 yeah well yeah. metrics kind of what, 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 do you, uh, what do you think is it the, the usage uh, 50 50 now now 50 percent of people are on windows 11 now uh <laughs> Just kidding. well they said the end of january microsoft said that 1.4 billion people are using either windows 10 or windows 11 uh and that they are delighted by the response uh, the actual metrics they use to describe the success are Satya Nadella, the CEO, said, we're seeing more usage intensity and higher quality than previous versions of our operating system. So uh, that's not really a metric, and we asked them about it, and they never got back to us. <laughs> uh, but I went back and looked. So Microsoft said that 1.4 billion people are using Windows 10 or Windows 11 every month. That was January 25th of this year. I went back and looked as of July of last year, 1.3 billion people were using Windows 10. So that means about 100 million people are probably using Windows 11. Or there's 100 million more Windows users now than there was six months ago. Some of those might have upgraded from Windows 10 to Windows 11, but there's at least 100 million Windows 11 users. We can sort of, but we can sort of assume that if... It was fifty percent install base. Then they would have crowed about that. Right? Oh yeah. So I oh mean, yeah. It's it's clearly it's clearly we don't know what the the number is, but it's it's clearly not a majority of of Windows PCs in the planet running Windows eleven at this point. The new ones, yeah. The any new ones will probably have Windows eleven, but at this point, I would the vast majority of those are still running Windows ten. And the bit about seeing more usage intensity and higher quality is interested because well. One, you can't measure it whatsoever. What does that actually mean? Uh, but two, it's interesting because Windows 11 does a lot of things to force you into using Edge. Like, they made it so it's damn near impossible to switch to another browser very easily. Uh, so I, I have to wonder if some of that plays into it. But it definitely doesn't sound that like Windows 11 is growing as fast as Windows 10 has, which I consider a good thing because Windows 10 was forced on people who didn't want it coming from Windows 7 in a lot of cases. So I'm fine with the slow growth for that. But And apparently Microsoft is delighted about however fast it's growing. 
Yeah, I I was really curious about that intensity. Like, what, what exactly we are seeing? The quote is: "We are seeing more usage intensity and higher quality than previous versions of our operating system." I, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> since it's since he, he he phrased that as part of a talk about how Windows 11 is a powerful on ramp to Microsoft services. So my guess is that means people are using the Xbox app more, people are using Edge more, people are using Big more. Which again, Windows 11 kind of forces you to do some of that stuff in ways that Windows 10 doesn't. So I'm not surprised by that. And then it also probably means, I mean, a lot of people just simply never created Microsoft accounts on Windows 10. I I imagine yep. Windows 11. I I guess that just means way more people are signing up for Windows 11 accounts. You have and, to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Again, you have to. That's, you mean, if you're going to, Windows 11 is the first operating system that forces you to use a Microsoft account. If you have the home version, which is what 99% of people at home do. Uh, so that alone will drive a lot more numbers to Microsoft services. Although have they, I wonder, have they backed off of that? Because I, for the, for Alder Lake H testing, I had to update a bunch of laptops to Windows 11 and I just, you know, installed over the top of them. They were running local accounts and, it never forced me to, I was kind of surprised. I was preparing, I have a burner account for Windows 11. I, I was getting ready to use it, but it, it never asked for I went, Have they backed off of that or? Uh, it might be because you installed over the top. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the behavior is different installing from an existing upgrade versus a brand new installation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I just, but I, I do, I just kind of wonder, I mean, the fact that they're not saying X number are doing it kind of makes me go like, oh, obviously it's not as popular as, as you enough to make you brag about it, but but they're clearly happy with the people mm-hmm. that are buying it. And and again, I looking at all of the new laptops, there's nobody pushing Windows 10 um, versions. Every single consumer laptop is is Windows 11 only. I mean, you may be able to dive down and order a Windows 10 build, but it looks like almost yeah. everything is Windows 11 now. A lot of the older ones still have Windows 10. Like if you're looking at 11th gen Intel systems or whatever, they'll have a lot of those will have Windows 10. But all the new ones have Windows 11, which makes sense. You know, Intel's thread scheduler, thread director makes a big difference and it's in Windows 11. So, right. I think, I think Microsoft learned its lesson somewhat from Windows 10. Cause you remember when Windows 10 came out, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to have a billion users in two years or some, some number like that. And it wound up taking them like twice as long as they expected. So I wouldn't be surprised if chilling out with the numbers, chilling out so people can't compare directly versus Windows 10. Because I don't think they're looking at Windows 11 as being the big, huge, sudden change from Windows 10, like Windows 10 was compared to Windows 7. They really wanted everybody on Windows 10. Windows 11, we talked about it before. I think they're setting the stage for the future for more secure computing, stuff like that. They just want new computers to have Windows 11 on it. Five years from now, it'll be the standard. So you you you, you think they're okay doing the slow game rather than what they did with Windows 10 and like force everyone to upgrade? Yeah. Yeah, it's 100% what I think. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, also, you know, remember we were moving from, when, you know, presumably Windows 8 was the OS that was you were moving from i mean a lot of <laughs> windows 7 people though yeah nobody was moving from windows 8. i know but people. you know <laughs> it were, i and i know they also said that they, they didn't say what the numbers were but they said um uh marks or mark hawkman go to pcworld.com read a story says uh, they increased market share they didn't really say against what but 
Does that mean against Mac OS? Chrome OS? Mm-hmm. Another nifty little tidbit that was in there that doesn't quite have to do with Windows 11 is uh, Microsoft Edge has built a lot of like coupon codes and stuff like that into it. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft said that consumers, I hate that word, but that's what it is here. Consumers have saved $800 million using Edge's <laughs> features. So that's kind of cool. That always reminds me when the Apple gets on stage at their developer conference and be like, we paid developers $10 million. Like, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but after taking 30, and then we took 30% yeah. of the $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Why 30%? Everybody does it. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, a uh, uh, friend of the show, LaSalle Rams III, gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you so much and said, great show. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I, honestly, so for me, I, I'm i excited by Windows 11, but for work stuff, I, I need to get work done, so I, I'm not like you know chomping at the bit i i do kind of watch uh every once in a while just like i i mean i've seen the reviews i know technically you can run premiere on windows 11 uh for sure but you know it's like uh when i go to the the uh, adobe help page uh they still say we strongly recommend you wait until we have released a compatible version of your app for windows 11 you know uh, that kind of thing still uh you know it's like you know what i'm just gonna wait I'm just going to wait, yeah. you know, I need to get work done. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, I, I can't mess around or, or maybe I could, I guess, you know, maybe if I'm, I'm, I'm that curious, I can try it yeah. and feel okay and about that, it. And that's really still our ongoing guidance that Mark said to start with, he's our windows expert and what we've all said since then, like if you want to upgrade fine, but there is nothing really there. Very few things that are like, oh, man, I have to upgrade to Windows 11 right now. But there are plenty of little niggling issues that just wait. Yeah, and I, I just think it's it's the thing about Windows 10 is you, people were resistant at first, but it's a really great operating system overall. And I just don't – it's just not worth – the going from 10 to 11, it's just not really worth the pain, it feels like. for Especially my my in-laws that ask, I'm like, you know what, just – is you're – you're not going to want to go because those are the people that were going to be so angry. Like I used to mm-hmm. right mouse click and I used to be able to select this option. How come now I have to go into something else or actually they'll go like, where's that option now? It's like, well, you got mm-hmm. to go into a sub menu of that menu and that's just going to, that's just going to make them angry. And I, I think it's for them. There's really no upside for it. What, what's, why do it? There's, I don't see it yet. I mean, I just got to relearn everything. And that's the same reason. Like I think businesses are going to be slow adopted it same thing you got to teach people this stuff it's it's new so yeah i mean and it it really matters you know obviously uh, there's there's plenty of people in our chat who are obviously more hardcore but talking about like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna stick on windows 10 until you know until they're not supporting it anymore so yeah i mean you know at the same time because i have to move to windows 11 for testing it's not it's not believe me it's not windows 8 it is not Mm -hmm. vista it is not millennium it's actually fine. It's a little different. Actually, some things are annoying and just annoy the hell out of me. And I get it, but I don't think there's anything like the actual guts of the OS that would make you go like, oh, this is not good for me. I don't I don't think that's there. I think there's some UI issues that need to they need to sort of back off of a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trying to push it a little too hard. There's some really cool things in Windows 11. Like I'm really looking forward to whenever I do finally upgrade my desktop to it. Uh the fact that 
DisplayPort monitors, all the windows that go back where they were left when they wake up again. Like, that little bug has been bothering me for so long. (laughs) That just works in Windows 11. Uh, I think the enhanced Windows Snap is super cool. It's like baby's version of Power Toys, but a lot better than Windows Snap and Windows 10. Uh, But I'm just waiting for, you know, some of those taskbar issues to get worked out. Waiting for the clock to appear on the taskbar on a multi-monitor setup again. Uh, waiting for some sort of DirectX storage to show up in the real world, like a tangible reason to want to upgrade. But when it does, there's some cool stuff I'm looking forward to. And Yeah, and for me, it's it's about the products that I need to use, waiting for them to be like, okay, you know what? We officially give our, our thumbs up. <laughs> Install Windows 11 because we, we have official support. So, because, uh, yeah, that could burn. It sounds like, though, they're, they're to me, it's not about, I, I, I think, the big success that they're sort of like very happy about is the future is about beating Google. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, and Google is the nine, you know, trillion dollar gorilla at this point with Google services, you know, and again, this, you brought it up with the browser thing. Chrome is basically a way to like, you don't care what the stupid OS is if you're running Chrome, right? Well, you, yeah, <laughs> this is, goes back to Netscape if you're Microsoft, you're like, no, we need to we need to keep some control over this because if they can keep you in their experience, even though it's basically the same Chromium base, right? Mm-hmm. If they can keep you on Windows Live or whatever Microsoft account, and then they can they can do the same thing Google's doing is an upsell you on everything, right? I pay. I bought a dinner the other day. It's like, oh, I, it's very convenient. I could just I paid for on the website through Google Pay. Mm-hmm. Microsoft yep. wants a piece of that too, and every all these companies, Apple, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, they all want a piece of it. So I understand why they're doing it, and so I don't. It doesn't make me angry because they have to protect their business and their revenue for consumers. So I get why they're doing it, and I think the thing is, the only way to win as a consumer, the only way you get my money is you have to prove you're better than me. There's a reason why we all left certain products or certain operating systems Mm -hmm. and it's got to be better. And I don't think it's quite there yet, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, clearly they're, they're trying to make it better. Mm -hmm. The bones are good. The bones are good. And I think I have been playing around with windows 11 on the laptop a bit that I actually need to send back. But, uh, if you don't like the interface, that's the big thing for most people. Like the taskbar issues are obviously a big deal, but the interface in general, if you don't like it, we have, two different impression review kind of pieces up of start 11 and start all back. They're both $5 programs that'll make it look and feel like windows 10. You can customize the hell out of it however you want. So hmm. if that's the thing holding you back and you are interested in trying it out, give those a shot. Hmm. It does feel very modern to me though. When I use it, it's actually sometimes I do enjoy using windows 11 over windows 10. Sometimes it just feels a hmm. little snappier. It looks a little yeah. clean, a little fresh look, you know, it's kind of nice. So I'm not, it would, it's not a religious like, war. Yeah, like you were saying, though, it, it like if my mother's laptop upgraded to that, it would be a week's worth of support calls. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly more. I mean, yeah. that to me is always, it kind of gets like for operating systems and for, I mean, as an Android user, good Lord, and the person who uses Google products, you know, you just like, it just, the frustration levels, like I am ready to throw Google products to the curb because I just the things that they do with maps and all these things like they the teams they're trying to innovate so fast that like it's like you know what I I don't want to I don't want to relearn everything every two versions and I if 
if I put this here, I want to know it's there when I'm driving my car down the road at 80 miles an hour. And they move stuff and they just kind of think, oh, well, you'll figure it out. Like there almost should be, you would think that there could be like, you know what, we're just going to offer this and we're not going to change the UI. We're going to change all the other stuff. We're going to, we're going to offer improvements in the UI gracefully, not just simply scramble everything and hide everything. And you go to Google Maps now, it's basically a flashing billboard of where you can eat dinner. And like, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the restaurant so I don't pee on myself. But like, oh, you want to go to dinner? Maps. I was looking at Google Maps the other day, and all of a sudden it started popping up Bitcoin ATMs. I'm like, what are you doing, Google Maps? What? I don't care about Bitcoin. It's ATMs. so, oh my god, if somebody could just, there's gotta be, and it's just a bummer thing is Google bought Waze, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. honestly, like. I just one thing I wish the world was not Apple OS, iOS, and and Android. I really wish there was a third option, like a third option. Was so uh, good, Huawei but they has, couldn't Huawei get the Huawei has Just kidding. No. No, it's it's Android. It's a fork of Android. No, but I mean, really, it's the, the saddest thing was was Windows OS for phone getting killed. It was really radical. I understood it wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but I, you know, if they just kind of kept with it, like because I mean, the problem is. Google's entire incentive, their entire business model is you're the product, you know, clearly, right? They sell you ads. They, you know, they're, that's, that's their entire MO. Apple, I guess is better, but you know, for me, it's just, I just can't live in that regimented style. Although I'm, I'm to the point where I just think, Oh God, I should get an iPhone because some things are just so bad on, on Android these days. I would never buy a Mac, but I switched to iPhone because they're the only way to get small phones. I have small hands and, better hero style and i have no complaints like it's not fundamentally different but what we're talking about like the slow on-ramping for new people is something that i actually like how microsoft is kind of doing with windows 10 and windows 11 because like windows 11 is obviously brand new all that jazz but if you don't like it just stay on windows 10 it'll be around to 2026 i think that's good i do wish apps had like a slow ring and a fast ring like the windows insider program because i think move fast and break things is very valuable uh but I wish that there was, a, okay, we'll update this annually with the good changes that we implemented in the fast ring last year. You know, every January 1st, we'll update Google Maps and we'll give you an explainer on all the changes. But we're not going to change it fundamentally until next year. Like, I wish apps did that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I do too. And I think the saddest thing is the only way to sort of like stay on the slow ring is to just have a, a phone they've abandoned, which isn't too hard on Android. Like, oh, your phone's been abandoned. <laughs> but, you know, the nice thing is, yeah, sure, it's not as secure, but you're not going to, the application will be more usable. You know, you're not going to be the latest. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. I, why do I need to know where the Bitcoin ATM is? I get that too. Like what? <laughs> and they're the restaurant. For, I've, oh, I've never come seen on. That. Oh, okay. Huh. I'll have to look for that. <laughs> they're always in head shops. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, okay. Oh, is it really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like, if you walk into one of those, like, gas stations or one of those multi-use shops or something, next to the, the, the bongs and everything, there's always a Bitcoin ATM. It's funny. <laughs> give me a, know why. Give me a hookah pipe. <laughs> uh, give me that hookah pipe, and then give me, a, I don't know, five Bitcoins. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's $10 million, sir, really? Oh, I mean, point zero zero. <laughs> give me a Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. All right. Speaking of abandoned. Speaking uh, of abandoned. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Uh, yeah, where's the RTX 3090 Ti? Uh, it's not here. At CES, that was NVIDIA's one more thing moment. Oh, they actually literally said one more thing, I believe. 
and held up the 3090 Ti and said, we'll hear more about it in January. Uh, it's February 1st. Uh, we haven't heard anything else about it. And I mean, EVGA, they didn't flat out say it was a 3090, but they showed off like a real dope looking, clearly a 3090 Ti Kingpin edition. Uh, and that looks cool. Uh, they made a point of not showing the power connectors, fueling rumors that it has dual 12 pin connectors. But yeah, NVIDIA said there'd be more in January and there has not been. They just re- uh, they just announced a new game ready driver today, rolling out support for the new 3070 Ti and 3080 Ti laptops. But even in that announcement, there was no mention whatsoever of 3090 Ti. So it was supposed to be here. It's not here. Huh. I mean, it sounds like, yeah. I mean, what, what, why is it doing the Where's Waldo thing? Is it just simply probably, yeah, we can't really sell these things because they're stuck on a ship outside Long Beach? There were rumors in from the usual places like video cards and other leak sites like that mid month saying that they were running into hardware and BIOS problems in some way that was unanticipated. Uh, NVIDIA clearly never said anything like that, but that's what all the leak sites are saying. Uh, I think I was watching a Jay, Jade Susan video the other day. He said he heard that it's gotten delayed as well until February or March. So, huh. yeah, it's just worth pointing out. Like, NVIDIA is like, this is our new BF GPU for the new generation. Here's one more thing. You'll hear about it more this month. And then we didn't whatsoever. So the lack of that is worth bringing up, I think. Although, I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference, though, right? I mean... People no, are like, oh, no. I was going to buy a 3090. Well, let me, you know, it feels like if you were going to buy one, I mean, that crowd anyway, they're just, I guess they would wait. If you were going to buy a 3090, you're going to wait. 3090 Ti. 3090s yeah. are already <laughs> 1500 bucks with the faster memory and the full GPU and everything. Yeah. I would not be surprised if this is a $2,000 graphics card when it launches. Uh, probably more than that. I'd be surprised if NVIDIA actually throws an MSRP on it. That's what they did with the 3080 12 gigabyte. They never put an MSRP on it. So this could be very expensive. But with the way Bitcoin and Ethereum are going down, if you had $2,000 saved up from your stimulus money last year or your tax return or something, uh, at this point, like that'd get you like a 3080 or something. But with the way Ethereum and Bitcoin prices are looking, if this does come out for roughly $2,000, you might actually be able to buy one at a store so that's cool if it happens it was we're supposed to get more details and we haven't so i'm trying to find um hmm uh somebody in the chat uh liam in wales front of the show says uh maybe nvidia is testing uh, amazon's new world and the cards are hitting problems <laughs> like oh crap <laughs> yes i love it yeah so those card this card Pardon me. I'm still going to have 24 gigabytes of GDDR6X, which is power on green stuff. But this one comes with faster 21 gigabyte per second memory. I'm not sure if NVIDIA actually said that, or if that's just the rumors or whatever. I feel like NVIDIA said that. I'm not sure. Uh, but that is already a power hungry part. So that makes people think that it'll take even more power and take two 12 pin power connectors, not just the one. So that'll be interesting to see if that happens. Oh, wow. And sorry, just to offer real time, um, stock inventory on Newegg, you can buy a 3090, uh, MSI Ventus, $2,800. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, $2,799.99. Mm-hmm. 
um, which actually, believe it or not, is a good deal because most of the other people selling uh, 3090s want in ab- about three grand, like this one person for a 3090 FE from Fun Power, <laughs> not sold by Newegg, wants $3,800 for it. I would recommend you probably do that Aventus for twenty eight hundred dollars directly from you. <laughs> it's real. It's real difficult. It's real weird with the thirty nineties because you could get them for less of a markup percentage than other cards for a while because they do cost so much. But now that is the the thirty nineties and presumably the thirty ninety Ti as well is the one. RTX 30 series card that doesn't have the light hash rate limiter in it. Mm. So it's appealing to miners at this point with Ethereum and Bitcoin prices going down. Like it's hard to justify spending that much if, cause they're worried about Ethereum moving to prove a stake. But at the same time, you know, the people who were buying baller ass cards to begin with, if you're going to spend $2,000 on a graphics card, you'll probably spend 2,500 bucks. So it's just, it's a real weird high end card that miners and ballers both like so well yeah well the 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 real question ruru two friend of the show is asking is uh do people still want a three-year-old architecture or especially at the high end if you're if you're gonna pay that much money yeah a year old this yeah it's only been a year and a half yeah and here came out in the end of 2019 i, I think 2020 if, i think what the person would be arguing um is there's rumors of a 4000 series. Yep. There's probably going to be a Hopper. new GPU out this year. It's because, you know, NVIDIA timing is, is, and plus you have ARC coming. Do you really want to sink $2,800 into a GPU um, with potentially everything changing by the end of the year and it being outdated? I would think that if you're in the market for a $2,000 plus graphics card, you don't care that much. Like, you just you just want it. <laughs> yeah, and it is it's hard for us who have, you know, normal money, not monopoly money to play with that the the difference between $2000 and $2800 or $3000 for certain people is that's not a big deal. I mean, frankly, it, it looks cooler in fact. I mean, honestly, PC gaming's still one of the cheaper hobbies out there if you're looking to get into the high end of stuff. Like if you're into cars, you'll spend way more than two thousand eight hundred dollars in a year on cars if you're into clothes like you spend a lot of money on clothes if you're into fashion uh same with tools tools get expensive so it, it all depends on you know or fly fishing where your money is what your values <laughs> are yeah no and it really is interesting because pc as is sort of like the hot for the hobbyist level which are the people who are in overclocking and exotic builds and high, buying high-end hardware <laughs> a 3090 like a, a liquid cooled 3090 is the pinnacle of what you could get. The pinnacle of what you could get in the automobile world is, you know, several million dollars. So, yeah, it's yeah. actually relatively pretty cheap. So, I guess I'm I still curious don't to have see $3,800, though, Brad. But. Yeah, same here. Uh, when the 3090 Ti does come out, uh, I'm not sure we'll get a review sample because it is such a high end part that's. The original use for it was for creators more than gamers, really. Like, it was kind of both because they were fighting the 6900 XT, but it's really should have been a uh, Titan. Uh, So I don't know if we'll get a review sample of that in, but I'm real curious to see one of the big issues with the original 3090s Founders Edition cards was the memory on the backside got too hot because they didn't have enough cooling thing in there. It didn't functionally matter. 
day to day really. But if you start overclocking it or start pushing it real hard, it could make a difference. Uh, and I'm curious to see if they alleviate that in the Founders Edition design. That's, I think, the biggest question mark for me. Although, don't you think that's... I sort of think the 3090 Ti as a launch might be, you know, a spoiler part too, just to simply look like, you know, if if Arc shows up, then... Nvidia, there's no way Intel matches this. No, there's no way, and it's just sort of like the silliness of like, yeah, we have a 3090 Ti, and and it, you know, obviously the real fight is wherever the level, wherever Arc slots in at. But you know, there's something to be said for just simply showing how far ahead of the competition you are. So it's possible oh, yeah, it's they they may get pushed out because to everybody because they just want to show like, yeah, look, our our number is bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does it make any sense? Well, what do you care for? You know, I mean, you're not. <laughs> Yeah, it's you like when you go into a shop right? and you're like, what are the prices on this watch? If you got to ask, you don't can't afford it to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, I think the thing is like, I understand like, cause you know, a lot of people, are like, oh, 3090 makes no sense. Cause it's like 3080 is just such a value. The, what you're getting out of a 3090 made no sense unless you're, you know, doing, you know, render based GPU renders. But if everybody got 3090 TIs, Here's your new arc part, and your chart also includes 3090 Ti over here. Even yep. though, yeah, this part is silly, you shouldn't buy it, but 3090 Ti up there and the arc is down here. That, to me, I just kind of, the value of yep. being the very fastest thing. Actually, if you're like 1, 2, 3, because it's 3090, 3090 Ti, 3090, and 3080 Ti. I was like 1, 2, 3, and then from there, mm-hmm. it's probably like 3070 Ti, right? Or actually 6900 mm-hmm. XT. You just said 100 XT is right behind 3090. Yeah, so you're right there in the leadership position, and that just kind of makes. I mean, maybe there's some value in that. I don't. I would think Wall Street Goliak. Nobody cares because that's not a volume part. So who cares? But it's the same reason that motherboard vendors tweak MCE and stuff so much and push things as hard as they can because getting just that little bit ahead in the benchmark charts do make a difference to people. So, but that's the reviewer's fault, though. <laughs> I would argue that's the reviewer's fault because there's some things like motherboard performance is just kind of silly. Sometimes it really should be looking at feature set, how the audio is implemented, VRM, you know, just kind of other kind mm-hmm. of quality of life for a motherboard. Mm-hmm. Even the RGB is better, but the whole like performance thing on a motherboard. I mean, in the ba- in the old days, it was kind of silly because you know you're running a bunch of gaming tests and like. If they were overclocking their their PCI a little bit more, or you know, then they got they got a little more performance or something. Then that 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 sort of that's still built in. I think what's more realistic about it now is like you're getting a six hundred dollar motherboard. You've got this board that's got VRMs that could run a small city, right? So it's not going to blow yeah. up if you're overclocking it. But I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I think people 30- should step back from the the bigger bar better, but we all know. That's never going to work. Five gigahertz, all cores. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other question I have is: uh, Does it, does Nvidia have anywhere else in their stack to to get to? Like, I, I mean, they've got a base version of every number and a TI version of every number, right? Uh, well, there is room for them to do a thirty fifty TI if they need to. Uh, well. So, because it's using the cut down GA one hundred six part. So there's room for them to do a 3050 Ti if they decide they need to do that. But other than that, like I, I guess super, they, they could bring super. <laughs> they could. That's what they did last generation. They already had Ti parts out, and then they made super parts because of what AMD put out. So 
we'll see how the year goes. I'm not making any predictions about graphics cards this year. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, although I, I mean, so, I, so if Arc, so if Arc comes out right and Arc, you know, beats a 3070 Ti and beats, uh, 3060 Ti in those respective price points. NVIDIA definitely would put out, if they could, a super version of those to beat <laughs> them back. So it's all going to depend. Yeah, and I just want to point to the news on ARC. Is, uh, I think a few days ago, Raja said they want to get millions of ARC GPUs into the hands of PC gamers mm-hmm. every year. So, and yep. I, I don't I'm think sure there's, they do. there's been no actual performance leaks on it yet. I mean, lately, but, you know, the rumors have been there for a long time that it's 3070 range. So yeah, what so is Raja video- said that in response to a PC Gamer article. Like, yeah, we want to get millions of folks. And then Pat Gelsinger actually did the same thing. Like, the CEO of Intel tweeted out, we're on it. So, yeah, it's coming hard, it sounds like. What do you think? So, so let's say, let's just pretend. Let's, we have no idea. We have no insight. Um Let's just pretend ARC comes out, it's 3070 Ti range. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if there, a lot of people have been saying 3070 range for more than a year, right? Mm-hmm. So if they come out at 3070 Ti range, they're going to like, we're going to come out with these, we're going to push out a million, millions of these. We're, what's NVIDIA's response and an AMD's response to that? I think it would 100% depend on where it does fall on those benchmark charts. If it is faster than the 3070 Ti, I think we'll see a 3070 Super or something like that, just to get NVIDIA back in front on the benchmark charts. But if it is equivalent, like if the ARC 3070 is equal or right around the range of an NVIDIA 3070, uh, MSRPs are meaningless these days. So I think NVIDIA would just say, okay, our MSRP is $100 less now. And then there would be no functional change, but they could say we're offering the same performance for less. Hmm. <laughs> That's my guess. They would do a, a a price cut that the consumer would never ever see. Is uh, yeah, what it sounds like. That's, Although, yeah, that's what they've done in the past for AMD launches in the four to five hundred dollar range. Uh, right before the ten eighty Ti came out uh, and Vega was starting to come out, they cut the prices of the ten eighty base, the vanilla one, by a hundred bucks. So. They, they do stuff like that, and there's no reason not to these days, because like you said, it's it doesn't matter. <laughs> what does AMD do? Uh, AMD is... We'll see. There's been rumors of a 50 refresh for AMD. So, like a 6850 kind of a deal. Uh, which we've already seen in mobile parts, actually. So, th- there's rumors about that potentially happening on desktops, but... Again, I really just hope that we just see next-gen RDNA and hopper parts this year rather than all these refreshes, but it's really going to depend on how Intel comes out. It, it does feel like they'll yeah. probably do a price cut and then they'll push 4000 out on the clock, yeah. right? Like sooner rather than later. Yeah, because they want to. NVIDIA recognizes the threat that Intel's resources is to it, that it's never faced mm-hmm. in its in its history. Mm-hmm. It feels like they need to go for the jugular. I mean, they always do anyway, so I don't know what you do extra, but but then they really can't do much because they're so com- supply constrained, right? Because they could it w- they could double the shipments. It feels like it wouldn't make any difference at all. Yep, yep. I think it would be a perception battle more than anything, and that's the reason I think they would put out a 3070 Super 
or uh, just do a price cut that means nothing. Because it'd be perception until 4000 series can come out and be like, look, we demolish Intel's parts. Intel's 4000 series just trashes Arc. Uh, Intel's not going to have another part out for another year because he's just launched. So there we go. <laughs> Although could Intel simply go like we know a- a- NVIDIA is going to go for they're going to they're going to do a price cut. They're they're going to they're going to try to push out next generation parts. And you know, Intel also has next generation parts coming too, but it's not—they're not, not going to launch on top of them. We we would no. think, but couldn't they just go? We don't care. <laughs> we do not have any any control of the graphics market at all, unless Nvidia tries to argue that IGP matters. But discrete graphics—we have zero percent here. We cannot get into any regulatory issues. Hey, Arc thirty seventy two hundred dollars two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. I'll take it. I still think, especially after CES, though, their big push is initially going to be in pre-built systems because their ARC announcement at CES was we're already shipping ARC to laptop and desktop vendors. So I really think that the first wave is going to be pushing harder into pre-built systems because that really is much greater quantity than DIY. So yeah. I think that's going to be the tip of the spear. So Yeah, no, I understand it. And, you know, the the DIY audience is louder than its size makes you think it is, but I think you got to make that audience happy. It's perception. It's again, perception. Like you got to get the enthusiast happy and excited, and then they'll be the evangelist for whatever you're doing. That's how it's always been. That's how it's going to continue to be. So I would love to see a $200, 3070 arc equivalent. Yeah. And then also for the, for the OEMs, for the other, the, the pre-built, you know, the best thing for their position is they they take parts orders. It'll be like, hey, we got a competing graphics card. We were putting an order in. You want to give us a better deal? Of course, it's, it's going to come from atom board breakers, but you got to imagine that there's going to be some sort of like, yeah, you know what? You need to give them a better price because we don't want to lose OEM and, and DIY or OEM and pre-built. They, it feels like there could be a price war there, too sort of driving yeah. everything down in price possibly in the end hopefully hopefully yeah i could see intel getting real aggressive with bundle deals like yeah get a core system get an art graphics card in there we'll take 20 percent off or 10 percent off the cost to you right and hey you know good competition is good <laughs> yeah and i don't know what you know obviously there are regulatory oversight mm-hmm. issues but i would i don't know if that would clear oversight or not but hell if i could get and Alder Lake CPU motherboard and GPU bundle all are. That's not so bad, right? I mean, as a consumer, you would you would be begging for that. So you could almost see you're going to have people go, well, no, you can't bundle stuff, blah, 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 blah. But well, it feels like. I mean, Newegg is already forcing that on us with the shuffle deals, right? All the bundles. <laughs> so why couldn't Intel do it? Well, because they're not. <laughs> it's different. It's different. I know. They don't have the federal government still yeah. on their back, still look, yeah. looking over everything with a with a magnifying glass. I, but for consumers, I I will know. I do know consumers. I don't think any gamer would ever object to bundles of GPU mm-hmm. and CPU from Intel. So Mm-mm. if it's any good, right? Yeah, proof will be in the pudding. Uh, and that goes for the 3090 Ti, too, because that's still a no-show. Yeah, true. I, I mm-hmm. guess we'll see. I guess we will see. Um, 
All right, then uh, do do we want to switch over to some Q and A? Yeah, then? yeah, definitely. All right, then uh, I'm going to switch over to some Q and A, uh, like that. Uh, if you have a question, I'm going to switch to me. I'm I'm out of focus. I I have to fix this. <laughs> so you get a blurry Adam. Uh, if if you have a question, put it in the chat right now at me. Uh, or if you're watching or listening to this later, then uh, you go over to our, our Discord. We have a link to go to the Discord in the description. Sign up for it, uh, and then we have a, a channel in there for full nerd questions. Uh, we'll be getting to some of those, so uh, let me know. And then, um, yeah, the the first one uh, from YouTube chat was actually from uh, Shark with Manners. <clears throat> um, does Brad have a reply about Gamers Nexus's video regarding stop saying there are no bad products, only bad prices, considering his comments about the 6500 XT? Uh, sure. I generally agree with the thought that there are no bad products, only bad prices. However, I agree that it's not like a truism across the board. I think Gamers Nexus did a very good job of highlighting that, yeah, sometimes things are just crap uh, and there are bad products. Uh, I think the Radeon RX 6500 XT is good for what it's intended for or good enough for what it's intended for. I agree. It's funny it's turned into a big firestorm because I totally agree with what everyone else says, too. Like, it totally sucks. you got to spend $200 on a card like this these days. Like, it is... You know, things are cut down, all this, all that. But if you need a graphics card and you're fine with 1080p medium, 1080p high, want to get 60 frames a second, like, it's there. That hasn't been there. It's good. I don't think... I think it is a disappointment of a car of a card compared to past generations. You don't want to be losing features and keeping stagnant performance as, as time goes on. But I don't think the 6500 XT would full, fall into the same category as the just straight up bad products that Gamers Nexus had in their video. It's got a GPU like substance. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I, I think, yeah, clearly <laughs> things that you are going to catch fire and that you have to recall because the <laughs> government says you need to recall this and that lawyers, your lawyers are saying you need to go out to everybody's house and collect them by hand. That's clearly bad, but I do I do think people also I think people underestimate the are the the no bad prices thing. I mean you have a bad price, you don't have a bad product. Because you could actually have really lousy products as long as they're not a safety issue. If you cut the price low enough on it, people will buy it. Right. Because you- I line up and buy anything that's cheap no matter what. They're like, oh well it's well it's lousy, but you know, you're going to buy, there's people that buy low end products intentionally because it's so cheap, right? I mean, if you mm-hmm. took something that, like, like, you go to this, you go to the grocery store. Dollar store? No, well, the dollar, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, but no, look at the, go, go to the grocery store and we know how much hamburger is now, right? You always see the butcher special. The butcher special is because, oh, this thing's got like three days left on it. You need to move <laughs> it. A lot of people will be like, well, I don't want to buy meat that's going to go bad in three days. It's like, well, this is a really I go good looking price. for that. I go looking for it, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do it. You know, there's, I think you really underestimate <laughs> if you cut the price low enough, anyone will buy it. I mean, what's a really classically bad product? I mean, as long as the price is low enough, you know? I, I mean... Uh- that that is a good that is a good point, right? I mean, I mean, like if if you're like, hey, brand new sixty five hundred XT, buy it now. I mean, 
okay, 50 bucks. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I don't like, care if it has like, a GPU like substance. I don't care. It's like fifty bucks. So give me three. I mean, obviously that's not what it's priced. You know, uh, so but you know the, the the product's not different. It's just the price is different. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but it's 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 really amused me actually because I think people are hearing me say things that I'm not saying in regards to that card. Like if you go and read my article, I start off by saying yeah. Gamers Nexus is right. Hardware's and box is right. Linux is right. It totally sucks that this is what a $200 graphics card is these days. But the fact that it exists and you can, like, as long as you know what you're doing with it, you're not trying to crank it beyond what it's supposed to be doing. It's a totally fine, totally functional graphics card. And I don't consider uh, It's tricky. That's... It's a bad product historically, but it's not a bad product for the times. Yeah. I totally so. agree with you because it's it's a it's a it's a terrible product for a terrible time. I mean, yeah. But you know what? A terrible product in hand done. is better than no product in the hand, and I think that's. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think people just and you know it's very interesting. It's very very polarizing because there's some people. Um, uh, Jared over at PC Gamer, he he basically is very much an advocate. Just go buy something used. I think there's really a lot of people that are uncomfortable buying used hardware, especially used, actually- right? I was actually about to bring that up because that's hardware and boxes primary thing too. like go get a 580 for roughly the same price kind of a deal. And yeah, cool. If that's what you're into, you know, respect, go do that. But for me, what's really affected my perception around this is the fact, like I discussed on here so many times, so many kids have discussed like, Hey, how do I build a Fortnite machine? All that kind of stuff. And those kids who are spending $200 of their parents' money, they're not looking to go buy a five-year used, super complicated piece of technology that came from some dude on Craigslist. They want to buy something that has a receipt and a warranty and is new, and that's what this card has. So, yeah, and I'll tell you, there's no way parents are going to green light like you're going to spend this money and it might or might need, might not be bad, you know, or you might or might yeah, not get no. it. It's like no. So, and again, you don't want to lose a generation of DIYers. These kids want to get into it. They're going to be into the life. They get these machines, but we're losing a generation of, of uh, you know, entry-level gamers that just can't get, that can't do it without an option of buying it used. If you're lucky that it's, you know, you can find what you're looking for used. So, uh, well, we do have a, a couple comments in the chat. Uh, Anthony says, uh, "Give me one of those H1 NZXT H1s that blow up for twenty bucks. He'll take it. <laughs> you know, like even if it is a bad product <laughs> for the right price, yeah. he'll yeah. take it." Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and again, really, I mean, I recently because you know, to to its credit, uh, NZXT replaced every single one of those cables. You know, of course they had to because their lawyers are like, "You can do this right now." I, I hope so. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> It's a great, I still love that thing. It's an awesome, it's, it's cool an awesome looking. case. And yeah, obviously somebody, somebody screwed up making or ordering that, that uh, riser cable, but they fixed it. And well, the, the response was, you know, it took a little time, but yeah. Yeah. You know, it takes time. <laughs> you know, I have covered recalls for a long, long, long time. This wasn't as bad as I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. it's sometimes you just like, yeah, you know, it doesn't make it good. It doesn't but, make it yeah. good, but I'm just saying yeah. there are there are worse, and ultimately, it got fixed. So that that is a yeah. good thing. So well, I tell you what, I wouldn't buy for twenty dollars one of those gigabyte power supplies. Actually, no. So somebody <laughs> said, "Hey, for Anthony, 
Uh, oh, this, yeah, the this, uh, same person chimed in and said they, they'd pay $10 for one of those exploding PSUs. I paid yeah. 60 I literally paid $60 for one. Yeah, I bought we're, one. We're, we're going to do something with it. I bought know, it used on Amazon. It. Brad, I haven't expensed it yet. Actually, it's too late. <laughs> they won't pay me for it. No, you should try. Uh, but yeah. uh, we actually have a, a good a good comment in here from Pat, Patrick Sullivan, a uh, friend of the show, said, I bought an RX uh, 6500 XT and was worried from all the reviews that crapped on it. I'm pleased to say it's a major improvement over the GTX 780 that they had. I was just glad Excellent. to get a modern video card. Period. Yeah, good. And I, I that's, think that's good. That's great. Like, buy something, enjoy it, appreciate it, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. That's the only thing in life, right? Don't they're they're they can they can scream at you all you want for you spending your money is your money until they that's, give you their money to buy it for you. Then they ain't you ain't got to listen to them at all. And that, that's really what I was trying to do with my pieces that pissed off the internet uh so much that i took a day off and just turned off my phone uh, <laughs> uh everyone was hating on that card so much and i can again i can see why compared to what 200 dollars cards were in the past like this is a step backwards but it is a step forwards for people who need a card like that right now there are no other options available so keep that in mind like just because you're comfortable buying a five-year old graphics card with your $200 or you're comfortable saving even more and paying $490 for a Radeon RX 6600. A lot of people aren't. And that card is useful and is a big step up over the 780, as Patrick Sullivan said. And there is legitimate use and use cases for these things. Don't close your eyes just because it's not what you want and it's not as good as we had in the past. Yep, uh, and actually, uh, Jew Bags uh, has a good comment right here. It's like dollar store toilet paper. It works okay, but you won't feel good the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> I, You know what? It's a perfect example is the taco. No, I'm sorry. The perfect example is the jack-in-a-box taco. Oh, yeah. It's a dollar for two of them. <laughs> two of them for one dollar. And they're, and they're, not, they're not great. <laughs> And it has a meek-like substance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the Salisbury. <laughs> and I love them. And it's like, cause it's a, not necessarily because it's a dollar, but I certainly wouldn't pay more than a dollar for two of them. But there's just, you know, it, the price is right, and it's better than not eating anything. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Okay, uh, moving on to other uh, 1080p uh graphics possibilities uh qrax is asking uh, how will the gaming on the new intel 12th gen cpu be like with the integrated gpu what, what can somebody expect if they're using igp uh you know actually i i didn't run any real games on it because it was just oh actually let me think on we're talking on h part or we're talking uh, about desktop the, the, part? They, uh, it's, I'm, i guess it's the I'm, same amount of yeah I, I don't know so you should expect the same it's realistically a 1080 low 720 pie ish kind of i honestly i would think of course if you're running older older games and it's fine it is fine to run games older games um i wouldn't i wouldn't push it higher than you know 1080 low per in my opinion for what i do so but it is i tell you what that's a that's a big step forward for integrated graphics though like that's great for integrated graphics if you can play it 720p or 1080 low like great yeah, no, I mean, especially because I the main thing I looked at it is an Alder Lake H, Alder Lake H, and you know it's it's uh it's basically like an like a like a RSXE part in a in a Tiger Lake GPU performance essentially mostly so it's 
and then you're tying it to a higher TDP of a desktop part. If you're doing it in desktop or an H part, it's it's not bad. You know, I would say get a discrete GPU. You know, if you're really going to game, but it's not bad for what it is. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, a, but AMDs are probably better, right? Yeah, the like the the G series. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'd probably give the edge to the G series somewhat, but you know, I. It's a little weird to me because I, you know, I only, I guess I could spool it up on the i5. Are you really going to build a a $300 CPU and then run IGP on it for gaming? I'm not sure that usage model makes sense to me. Um, it does make sense for lower end parts, though. Yeah, like, for lower end Especially parts. in other countries, like, yeah. graphics card prices are pretty nuts. Like, that's one of the things that's been illuminating about this whole 6500 XT ordeal for me. Is people saying, oh, no, here in Brazil, here's what GeForce costs versus Radeon, stuff like that. And in other markets, uh, a lot of people run IGP because graphics card prices are nuts. So Yeah. No, and it's a little weird, too, because, I mean, it's sort of like I, I would generally say APU is a generally better because um, you get a better performance bump out of Alder Lake with DDR5, which, again, doesn't slot into the I'm, I'm eating Taco Bell. I'm eating Jack in the Box tacos for lunch. So it doesn't feed into that very, you know, low ambition gaming. Generally, I'm, I'm going to say go with an APU. I mean, the boards are cheaper, The although they're getting cheaper now for Intel. The RAM is DDR4, and, you know, so generally I would say the edge goes to APU. Okay. Um, uh, last rights asked, uh, do you think Intel using TSMC uh, they will have any supply to make a difference? Well, they said, you talk about the GPUs, uh, they said they're looking to get millions of GPUs into the hands of people, so I'll take that at face value until proven otherwise. Yeah, millions I, more GPUs or millions more GPUs. And TSMC's, you know, sheer wafer count is obviously a limitation. But if Intel's buying up supply, it doesn't necessarily mean it's being taken away from AMD. And Nvidia is not with TSMC at that point. So millions more GPUs and millions more GPUs. And then also, I think. For to give a little perspective, Apple is obviously <laughs> Apple. Apple when they go to TSMC, they get they get the first class treatment, and right after them is Intel. I think Intel is the mm-hmm. second second customer behind Apple for market share at TSMC. So they have been a long time user of TMC Fabs. So I think they they probably have a pretty good. If they're saying millions, then they probably mean millions. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. publicly publicly saying millions. So. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Uh, uh, Amen Kwan uh, asked, uh, I'm looking to upgrade my GTX 1070. Do you think if I find a good priced 3060 or RTX 3060 12 gigabyte, it'll be a good upgrade? 3060 12 gigabyte versus 1070. Uh, it'd be decent, but not super mind-blowing i think like you would get a decent upgrade out of that but it wouldn't be like if you were updating to a 3070 i kind of you know what's interesting i was i was talking with a uh, former co-worker at a former publication and um he had he had the same issue he had a 1070 let me just see what 1070 ti's go for or what a 10 can you i mean 20 30 70s where do 30 70s go for these days i have no idea about on the ten thousand dollars <laughs> Oh God! Shh. Let me see. Here. I mean, you're looking at a thousand bucks. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like he, he they, they, uh, they said a good priced one. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even the MSRP, if, the twenty seventy was decently faster than the ten seventy was. Like a, a solid, depending on the game, twenty frames a second faster. I'm going back and looking at my twenty seventy review, and the sixteen sixty is kind of like a twenty seventy. So. It'll be a, it'll be a solid upgrade if you're just looking to upgrade, but yeah. you know you're you're stepping down a class, so it's not going to be as substantial of an upgrade if you were able to do uh, thirty seventy. Well, but I, de- depending on the game, like in F one twenty eighteen, wow, twenty seventy came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was thirty percent faster than the ten seventy was, so that's solid. Well, I was just thinking the trade up model because the person I was talking about. Um, he sold. He told me he sold his his ten seventy for four hundred some odd dollars. Yeah. And you sort of like, well, okay, if you sell it for four hundred some odd dollars, you shave off the price. <clears throat> God, that's just still painful though, because I'm looking at, you know, a thirty seventy Ti is about thirteen hundred dollars as a buy in. So, you nine hundred dollars for thirty seventy Ti is just like that's still that is painful. I think it's worth it if one, if you want that twenty to thirty to forty percent bump. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can't tell you, but there will be a performance increase if you go from a ten seventy to a thirty sixty, uh, especially if you play more modern games. That some of them might take advantage of DLSS. Like DLSS is black magic. It works wonderfully if you play games that tend to support DLSS and you want to get into ray tracing. Like that alone will make it worth the upgrade on top of the performance boost that you would get. Okay, here's a crazier idea. Although it's not as cheap as I thought it would be, sell that card for four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Buy a sixty-seven hundred XT for nine fifty-nine. Now they're actually, let me see, with the lowest lowest price at Newegg, about nine hundred. So the buy-in on mm-hmm. a sixty-seven hundred XT is about nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So that makes it what six hundred dollars for a sixty-seven hundred XT. <laughs> Which, <laughs> nah, yeah. It's, hashtag the, wait for arc. The, I, mean, I think is ten seventy se- <laughs> se- ain't bad still. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah ten seventy ain't bad. Thirty sixty. Like if you're really looking to upgrade for the reasons I said, like it'll be it'll be solid enough. Especially if you sell your old card and you're able to get the thirty sixty four. You know, you get lucky and get it in the new egg shuffle or something, or you find a drop at Best Buy or something, and you get it at MSRP rather than paying scalper prices. And then you sell your ten seventy after, like. I'd do it. Yeah, that's it. Get it. Get do the lineup. Stand in line for them. There you go. Uh, we got a two dollars super chat from Dan McGuire. Uh, thank you so much. Said, uh, just joined. Did I miss the GeForce Now reference? I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think there hasn't been one. Yet, oh, so. you know what? Oh, they, uh, Brad you, you just made it. Could the person <laughs> sell the ten seventy for four hundred dollars and then? In the meantime, what could, they, what could they run? GeForce Now. They could run four years of GeForce Now <laughs> at thirty eighty levels. <laughs> Great. <laughs> if your game's run on it. A <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Dark Helmet, asks, uh, if someone can only get a Radeon 6500 XT, but already has a 1440p monitor, which would look worse on screen? Non-native, non-native 1080p medium, or gaming at the native resolution, so 1440p, but low? Well, which would you rather do? I... I mean, if, you're, try if you have a, a 1440p to... monitor, it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, I would try it game to game. That's not ideal situation. Uh, I, I, 
moving up to 1440p, you might run over its memory buffer too easily. Like if you're playing any relatively modern games, you might have troubles with that. If you're playing, if you mostly play esports or older games, uh, give it a shot. Using a lower resolution than your monitor is made for does make it look a little bit blurrier sometimes. Uh, but you could try using the Radeon image scaling, I believe. RIS is what I know it in my head. Uh, yeah, that feature, which is available in the Radeon drivers that'll clean up, up, like upscaled things. It'll make it sharper, make it nicer. Uh, you could give that a shot. I, I would probably try or even in game 1080p. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I would, I would scale personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Use a scaler and not have the, the monitor do the scaling. So you're either having the game or, you know, Radeon software. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, but you got to be careful. You don't want to make it so it's rendering at 1440p in the game. Yeah. (laughs) So you just, yeah, you got to be real careful with the four gigabytes of memory and 64 bit bus that it has. I I would, I would try 1080p. Like if you're playing older games, esports game, try 1440p. But in general, I would expect 1080p. Yeah. If I have a question, Brad, if I, if I, if I take my GTX 970 and I Mm -hmm. take the, the 500 megs that didn't work on that. Can I add that <laughs> to my 6500? <laughs> <laughs> you just slot it right in. <laughs> okay. um, LB asked, uh, why won't GPU makers just disable multi-GPU in the driver for new gamer cards? Miners won't buy a GPU for mining if each one needs its own CPU and motherboard. Quick, easy fix. They, the, the miners write their own BIOSes for cards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not going to stop. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing will It doesn't stop. matter, and they want you buying more than one card anyway if you're going to. I mean, like, these, these companies want you buying graphics cards. Like, it, yes, they want it in the hands of gamers, but they, they just want to sell graphics cards, too. So don't forget that. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, and there's also yeah. legitimate issues where if you're running a system where you have to have it output to 10 monitors, that mm-hmm. kind of breaks you, right? Yep. And also, I would say, one, I wouldn't be opposed to that as a solution personally, but I just want to point out that if you're not cool with stripping back features in the 6500 XT, like the PCI lanes and the encoding and all that stuff, like stripping back multi-GPU support, it's also stripping back a feature. So just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah. Though I did see somebody tagged all of us on 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 Twitter saying that 6500 XT has multi GPU support, like a uh, Crossfire support. <laughs> They're wondering if that's a, a way to get better performance. I, I, I don't know. That seems no weird. <laughs> uh, that would not work because one, there's a reason Crossfire and SLI are dead. Modern game engines just really crap themselves whenever they try to do that. Uh, in fact, Crossfire is legitimately dead. AMD doesn't even support that brand anymore. They just support DirectX 12 multi-GPU functionality, uh, which no games use aside from matches the singularity, I think. <laughs> uh, but even if you could do it and you were using Crossfire with multiple cards in the system, like that information travels over the PCIe bus, and so the 64 lanes of PCI 4 or 3... Or no, not the 64 lanes. The four lanes of PCIe uh, configurability there would put a damper on that. Okay. uh, I I missed that on Twitter. Sorry to whoever asked if you're listening. Uh, My Twitter has been an absolute 
mess the past week, so I've <laughs> really? mostly ignored it. <laughs> Weird, yeah. Uh, a, a couple more, uh, and then we'll get out of here. Um, VC Jester gave us a ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Said the uh, the only thing extra you can upgrade on an OEM versus a console is the RAM. Therefore, OEM systems are Windows consoles. Change my mind. Well, that's not true. Most of the OEMs have moved to uh, essentially industry standard, even front 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 panel connectors, uh, motherboard mounts, everything. For the most part, they are. If you're going to do an OEM, OEM, true OEMs, you know, tier one, big, 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 large companies, most of the machines can be upgraded. Even sort of the small office POS machines um, for office workers, you know, mostly upgradable within a within a far stricter amount of hardware. You can do RAM, you can do storage. So, and then when you get to sort of the system integrators, the smaller folks, white box folks, those are no different for the most part than DIY, except they, they usually have like um, contracts for lower feature motherboard parts and those kind of things. So I, I would disagree. And again, what is a console? <laughs> exactly. You can upgrade the storage in a console. So there you can upgrade your RAM in a PC, both storage. No, I'm just kidding. I get what you're saying. A lot of, there are still plenty of proprietary parts and a number of builds, but I'm not going to try to change your mind. If you want to identify as a console player that bad, knock yourself out. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I, I think the reason why in my book, uh, this goes back to whatever the Steam Portable thing is. Steam Deck. <laughs> Steam Deck, that is a PC because it is literally a PC. You can install Linux on it. You can install Windows, whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. It's Hey, the PS3, got, you could install Linux on it. Can you really? You could, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. I mean, they, they shut it down. Yeah. They did wind up shutting it down, but yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Right? I mean, I, I saw a tweet yesterday that was awesome, by the way. They're like, try showing this to someone from five years ago. It was Sony's God of War, their big PlayStation exclusive, running via Steam on a Linux based PC handheld on the Steam Deck. <laughs> it's like, wow, what is even happening? This is awesome. <laughs> right. You know what I'm surprised NVIDIA doesn't make is a, um, <clears throat> is a handheld GeForce. Now, console. You basically would stream GeForce Now to a console. I mean, I guess you could do this. They have the the service, and it's on a phone. No, but I mean, I guess it's on the phone. But there's no point. Yeah, Yeah, there's no point in doing that all over again. Well, I mean, but they have the switch. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. They don't want to make their customer unhappy. Uh, Also, uh, Eva Cotty Production says Gordon obviously hasn't seen Gamer Nexus's videos about Dell uh, pre-builds. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always some things that are kind of problematic, but that's. You know, again, if you're buying their sort of gamer spec machines, those are industry standard for the most part. Even the that new HP case where they the McDLT case, the McDLT case where they they separate the cooler, so it's in its own chamber to separate it from the, that. They said, look, you can put your own cooler in there as long as it's, it'll fit. You know, there's certain size constraints. They they understand there's there is a to be able to check off the industry standard thing, they can do it. But yeah, I mean. If you're buying a $300 POS doctor box or some, you know, junky thing, it'll be more difficult. But I, for me, that is different than the days when you bought a, a, a Dell desktop. And if you plugged your own aftermarket power supply into it, you would smoke it because they did a different pinout. And they did that pinout literally. Of course, people go, oh, they did that to keep you on Dell. Dell's like, no, we did it because the ATX power spec is inferior, and our engineer said, if you do it this way, it's better, so we're doing it better. 
But you, back in those days, you couldn't even change the power supply. You had to have like, is this a Dell compatible power supply? Mm-hmm. Most of those kind of things are gone these days. Okay. A uh, couple more and we get out of here. Uh, we got a uh, super chat from a friend of the show. E44 gave us uh, 89 Danish Krone said, uh, just use the streaming service. The re- repair shops sell GeForce Now ready PCs for 100 to $150. I don't know what that is. You got good internet, man. It really is. There's a reason that I bring it up so much. Like, it really is a decent option if you're really hurting the game these days. Oh, here's a crazy idea, though. Because, you know, in in Asia, gaming um, gaming centers are really big. Of course, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the, um, current, the current situation makes it tougher. But say things didn't improve over the next five years. Do you think... Americans specifically, would they ever be like, you know what, I can't buy a damn GPU, but you know what, I can go down and pay them so much to sit down, because I, but I still want the low latency of sitting in front of a computer, which GeForce Now is never going to touch. Do you think Americans would ever go for sort of these big community game centers where you pay to go in and play, and now you're getting big widescreen, you know, high refresh rate panel, you're getting all this, you're getting super high speed internet, I mean... Would that style of gaming, could that ever take off in the West, I guess? I wish it would, because as a person who used to hang out in arcades and play fighting games all the time, I really miss that. person who also loved couch co-op with consoles. Uh, but I think the ship has sailed at this point. I don't think it's... Culturally, I just don't think that would be a big hit here. I don't know why, but I just don't see it flying. Yeah, it's too bad, because I mean, really, it is. there is something to be said for going to a a place to be social and you're playing games with other people and they're, mm-hmm. they're your people, obviously. So that's, that's kind of fun. But I, yeah, there is yeah, something. No, I love it. I love it. I miss it. I think that's something that's missing from gaming experience these days, but I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we, we just got a $10 super chat from a friend of the show, Evo Cotty productions. Thank you so much. Said, uh, good to catch you guys live. I'm glad to have you here too. Uh, said, just remember if you were buying OEM, as long as it's not Dell, it's most likely better than a Dell TM Keepers Nexus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and then uh, last question over here is a, a good one from uh, Liquid R over on on Discord. Uh, yeah, I, I, no, 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 no. Nope. I want to. I actually want to make like we're laughing about Dells and Gamers Nexus does good work, all that jazz. But again, I just want to bring up c- kind of the point I was making with the sixty five hundred XT. Like, even if they use non-proprietary parts, those Dell machines are made for a reason for an audience who is probably not looking to upgrade their parts in the future. They're looking to get a good gaming PC for an affordable price. Dell's fast machine can do it with this thing. Like, just because it's not something that us enthusiasts embrace and love doesn't mean it should be universally crapped on. And that's all I'm putting out there. Well, and I'll (laughs) add to that, Brad. It should be said, too. I I know people... You know, because when you're when you're a hardware snob like me, it's fine mm-hmm. to laugh about it. And I think we also have to understand that you think when you when you think like, "Wow, look at this POS! It's trash compared to my whatever my machine that I spent six months building." And like I, you know, you you spent all this time to build the ultimate computer crafted to your needs and your look and your 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 lifestyle. I will tell you there's a hundred times more engineering. Now, this is the one thing, the concept that's misunderstood here. There's a hundred times more engineering that goes into making 
a really ultra budget box that you can sell for the for the for to make that you you're cutting things to the closest of margins and quality so that you can make them they don't they don't fail but you can still make them reliable because a pissed off customer is no longer your customer so they are those machines that we sort of like the engineering let me tell you if you have it like oh yeah i rebuilt a 65 mustang fastback Oh, look at the braided hoses. It's beautiful. The engineering that goes into a POS Corolla that we would just laugh about being just the junkiest cloth seat, zero to 60 and 12 second car. The engineering resources to make that POS and then to also make them by the millions and make them all so reliable is a thousand times more effort than went into making your custom 65 Mustang fastback. Very different machines. Both should go, wow, that's a POS. I will never drive that Corolla or buy one, but I can appreciate the amount of engineering and effort that went into making something so bare margin that it still is like super reliable and works and makes money versus the the amount of money that I spent to build my custom, you know, restored car because you know how much my money, my time is worth? It's zero. I don't charge anything. I put all my money into it. There's just very much a different different world here and i think it doesn't make sense to apply the same standards to that because that is if you're buying a budget you know turd box car you're buying a turd box car because you need something (laughs) that's not the same as rebuilt 65 mustang fastback it's just not the same thing Um, the turd turd car turd car yeah we had another (laughs) word from before i I like it Mm -hmm. i like it (laughs) okay uh so yeah uh off to the uh, a good, good question from uh, Liquid R over on Discord. Um, prediction. What year does the GTX 1060 get knocked out of the Steam hardware survey as the most used card? And what Ooh. card takes its spot? <laughs> 6500 <laughs> XT, year 2023. 20, <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. I think... It'll be next year because hopefully this Ethereum and Bitcoin stuff crashes and we get a flood of used GPUs again like we did before. And I can't make a prediction because I don't know how many of each card was actually produced. 3060, 3060 Ti kind of a deal. See, but my prediction is based on the fact that these cards are just, you know, they, they have the poison pills built into them to make them... Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, it takes a lot of numbers to beat a 1060, though, because 1060s have been around for such a long time. Oh, yeah. But I could see... The percentage there. Yeah, actually, I would say well, second half of 23, that 6,500 XTs, for, if it's the only card in, <laughs> in town, will really surprise people. And then again, that is not saying, oh my god, it's the best thing ever, but it is just a card you can buy, so that is worth a lot. I, I will say that for what it's worth, uh, you're playing at medium to high settings... The 6500 XT is definitely faster than the 1066 gig. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, isn't that like I could see second half, uh-huh. but you know, but I, I yeah, I because I feel like at that point, well, uh, well, here's the question: why, why is it the 1060? Why, why is 1060 the one that's just always at the top of charts? Well, because it, it was a- such a huge step forward over the 960. Uh, that was the generation where AMD came out with the 480 as well, and that really pushed NVIDIA to come out swinging with the price and performance of the 1060. Uh, and so that was just a great upgrade of a card. 
And it was affordable back then. That card went for $260 in the 6 gig version, or there was a stripped down, both GPU and memorized version for 200 bucks. Uh, and you know, that's the sweet spot. That's what's missing these days. The reason it's so popular, why that's the most played card on Steam is because most PC gamers buy the 200 to $300 GPU. And that's what we're lacking. And so, <laughs> again, that's why I'm more positive on the 6500 XT than some other people. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. So I, I guess then it, it, the last thing is like just getting in the mouth there, right? Because 1060s, mm-hmm. you know, at at the time production wasn't a, <laughs> we weren't in the state of things. So uh, yeah. the, all the replacements since then, like these 1660 uh, and the 3060 and the 2060, right? That that still kind of level. Well, I guess the prices creeped up a little bit for the RTX if, stuff, but yeah, but if, it was more about getting stuff in supply. Yeah, back then that was the issue. The issue with the 20 series is that it didn't really move the needle versus the 10 series. We've had that talk forever. Mm. Uh, so I would not be surprised if the 3050 actually, because it's in that price point, if the world gets to a point where it can actually be sold at that price point and is available in quantity, that becomes the most common one. If not that, I will say the 4050, because I think these new higher prices are here to stay. So Yeah, but if you're talking 4050, then you're looking at... 2024 right i mean to really make a dent in the the the, the 1060s it seems like it's i think i think people are just going to hold on to their 1060 for now unless things change uh the 3050 there was very little availability of that at retail i don't know how many of those nvidia is actually going to make uh and there's tons of 1060s out there Mm. so that's you know this might just be a lost generation when it's all said and done Mm. And forty fifty, which would be priced roughly the same as the ten sixty was, might be the next real chance to unseat that. Well, I, I will say I, I I have a ten sixty six gig on hand, and I always include that on my gaming videos that I've been doing, where I, I swap in different GPUs just to see performance. And yeah, I, I you know it's usually yeah ten eighty p. You know, I can usually kind of hit sixty with uh with with medium settings something like that. So I mean, it's it's still doable even in new games. So mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. It's, it is crazy, though, because, I mean, the 6500 XT is slightly faster than a 1060, right? Some mm-hmm. medium at medium settings. So, God, if you told people you could you could buy a 1060 right now for 200 and, well, if it were $200, they'd buy it all day, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's still perception. doable. Yeah. Definitely still doable. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, five more dollars from Evocati Productions. Thank you so much. Said, uh, uh, remember, don't use the thumb if you were in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <Keep your thumb. laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, just going back and looking, just to close that book one last time. <laughs> uh, the 6500 XT is about equal to a 6 gigabyte 1060 and DirectX 11 Total War Troy, but in DX12 or Vulcan games, it's noticeably faster than a 1066 gig huh interesting but yeah so. no encoder fewer lanes yeah yeah it'd be interesting though because i mean i guess arguably well the gen 3 thing right because you're mm-hmm. most of those 1060 uh, gamers would be on t- well it would it- well i tested it with gen 3 my my review test with gen 3 it's still faster yeah I tested with both. okay so i mean i guess the thing is like but if you're at a 1060 range for for a true upgrade, 
it probably wouldn't make sense to even do an upgrade. You just sit on it. No. The, the 6500 XT is not an upgrade card unless right. you have something older than 10 series. It's a it's a it's a new new constructor's card. So new yeah. builder. I oh, mean, talk about a shelf life for that 1060. Wow, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been around for a while. <laughs> well, but the thing is, you could well see the sad thing is you could. Although I guess if you could sell that 1060 for 250. The three, even some people are, if they're especially those founder edition cards, some people would pay more for. Could you buy like a, would you, like, is if I was really surprised some of those AMD Radeons that are mm-hmm. pretty reasonable, if you could step up to 6,600, maybe you could find one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you could and pay $300, it might be worthy upgrade. Of course, then you're moving out of the NVIDIA ecosystem. And that's the most reason people are not going to move because. NVIDIA's done so well with GeForce. Experience. Yeah, and that's the reason I didn't say 6500 XT for my answer. I think GeForce has brand lock. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Got it. All right. Well, uh, that that's it for uh, the questions this week. Uh, plenty of other questions. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get to them next week. But, uh, Gordon, take us out of here. I'm hungry. I need to go get a Salisbury steak. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google, Pl- uh, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a, a review. Every time you do, a graphics company makes a GPU with a GPU like substance. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Eddie show. And Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Keep your thumbs to yourself, people. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.